Welcome to the Innovation and Compliance Podcast, part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Join us every week as we talk with industry innovators who are making compliance to help business run more efficiently and at the end of the day, more profitably. Here's your host, Tom Fox. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back for another episode. Today, I have with me J.R. Lowry. J.R. is with State Street Global Exchange. State Street Global Exchange has developed what I think is an incredibly innovative tool which helps companies get visibility into ESG factors from companies they're invested in, but actually I see a a much wider um, ability to use this tool. And so JR's uh, graciously taken the time to uh, visit with me to talk to us about why this sort of analysis and information is important, and more importantly, about the new tool from State State Street Global Exchange. So, JR, with that incredibly long-winded uh, introduction, thank you, and thanks for taking the time to visit with me today. Yeah, sure thing, Tom. Thanks for uh, having me uh, on your podcast today. So, JR, one thing I have consistently heard from State Street over uh, the past uh, uh 18, 24, 36 months is visibility into ESG factors uh, for companies that you invest in. First of all, can you explain what ESG factors are and then why do uh, you guys feel it's so important to have visibility into these factors? Sure. So, you know, if you think about it, going back to the, you know, to the market crash before the Great Depression, uh, investors have had good and improving transparency into companies' financial performance for, for decades now. We have you know, the FASB and other accounting standards around the world and public company reporting requirements and a host of other laws and regulations that, that drive their financial reporting. But for non-financial factors, there's less transparency. And, and so hence, you know, the growing focus on assessing companies and environmental, social and governance profiles has, has garnered more attention over the last few years. And for some investors, particularly those with, with longer time horizons, like a pension fund or an insurance company, you know, this grows out of concerns about things like climate change and disruptive technologies and other potential long-term factors that might impact their investments in ways that, that maybe aren't yet showing up in the financial reporting, but are relevant to them in the time frame, uh, in their investment time frame. But even for shorter-term investments, you know, particularly on the, the social and governance aspects of ESG, they, they can impact performance even in the near term. You can look at just recent examples, look at what's going on in the news literally today with Facebook. Uh, you know, and the uh, the data breach that they're working through and and the impact that these kinds of factors can have on financial performance. So, you know, for some investors, it's about avoiding risk or staying away from controversial areas. For others, it's about steering investment dollars to areas that they believe provide a societal good like green energy. You know, so while individual and firm level motivations may differ, there's a variety of reasons for being interested in ESG factors as a complement to looking at, at companies' direct financial performance. Well, JR, I would even see this as a tool to help manage risk, because if you understand what the the factors are, if you have more information, uh, it always gives you the ability to uh, manage your risk portfolio better. If if you wanted to drill down as that far, would would that be a fair statement as well? Absolutely. And so, you know, you see an integration both of of ESG analytics uh, with risk analytics, more traditional risk analytics, and also with a more traditional performance analytics, uh, because at some level you want to understand how much are these factors ultimately contributing to the return or the risk of my portfolio. And I was really interested that uh, it would seem that in addition to um, the investors, uh, actually uh, uh, regulators are taking a a closer look at this so that it helps companies, uh, perhaps if a regulator even comes knocking. 
Yeah, you know, the the regulatory environment is is probably in its early days on this. You know, what what you have, uh, I wouldn't quite describe it as grassroots, but you have certainly, you know, a number of groups out there. You have the Sustainable Accounting uh, Standards Board, which which was set up to to kind of be a sustainability equivalent to FASB. You've got, uh, a, you know, the United Nations weighing on the in on this with its Sustainable Development Goals and Principles of Responsible Investing. You know, but the regulators are, I would say, still wading into the pool, and so. You know, over time, though, you can expect that as this topic continues to garner more focus and as regulators get, uh, I guess, better ingrained in what the reporting is all about, I think we're likely to see, you know, more regulatory requirements for how companies do their ESG reporting in a similar fashion to the regulations that drive how companies do their financial reporting today. So you had a great line, uh, which was uh, that with greater transparency on ESG, it provides more information on the DNA of a company. Why is it, or how can you collate, uh, or correlate, I suppose is the better word, the uh, ESG factors that we've discussed and the DNA of a company? What do you see from that from the investor's perspective? Well, to me, you know, ultimately what you're getting here is an additional lens through which to assess a company. Um, and one that is providing an increasingly rich view of companies as the ESG reporting and data collection and assessment techniques continue to improve. And, and at the end of the day, you know, this is, this is another source of information, one that's got, you know, some correlation with financial performance, you know, maybe not today or tomorrow, but perhaps, you know, over some period of time. And if you're an investor, you know, even if you don't necessarily care about the, you know, the ESG factors themselves, uh, and the principles behind them, you know, thinking about the impact that these could have on the financial performance of your investments matters. You know, it's, you know, at the, the end of the day, this industry is, is really grounded in making sure that you've got a, a comprehensive set of information to drive your investment decision making. And this is just one more source of information that's, that's got incremental value to what you would get in a traditional financial analysis. Well, JR, if I could now, I'd like to turn specifically to uh, the ESGX tool and uh, why I think it is really so um, innovative uh, for the variety of factors we've talked about. I would first like to ask you if you could describe the tool and what goes into the um, uh, calculation. Yeah, sure, Tom. So what, what ESGX is designed to do is to allow our clients to evaluate their portfolios against ESG factors uh, to compare them against a range of benchmark portfolios. Uh, eventually, it will also provide broader market exploration capabilities as well. So if someone wants to search for investment uh, ideas that meet specific ESG profile, um, we offer clients uh, a choice uh, of up to four ESG uh, data vendors today. We're not, we're not calculating our own ESG scores uh, within uh, State Street uh, Global Exchange. We're, you know, we're just relying on uh, providing, getting data from third parties. Uh, and we'll eventually add more than four, but today we've got four in the tool. Two of them use, you know, what we think of as a primary research analyst-led approach for their scoring. Two, the other two use web scraping and machine learning algorithms to calculate their scores. So uh, the first two are, are updated more episodically, you know, typically quarterly or maybe annually. The, the latter two, uh, you can literally get updated scores every day. And so, you know, we think of these as, as offering a mix of 20, 20th and 21st century approaches, although obviously, you know, we're well into the 21st century at this point. And, and you know, even the more traditional analyst-led 
uh, data providers are providing a, a rich view, but it's different. You know, it's different doing a, you know, more of a, an analyst person-led approach from doing more of a technology-centric approach. And so we give we give our clients, you know, the, the you know, the range of of those providers uh, and the choice to choose, you know, which one or two or three or all of them if they if they want. And the data ultimately that goes into the tools is a mix of the, that vendor ESG data, the client's own portfolio data, the benchmark portfolio data, uh, and some security master data that we use essentially just as reference for linking the data sets in a consistent fashion. So I was really intrigued because uh, um, OneNote said that it was using self-learning quantitative models and data right. scores as a risk management and compliance measure. And uh, frankly, JR, that's music to my ears when I see such an innovative approach uh, helping uh, persons, companies, individuals, and portfolio managers uh, measure uh, or assess risk management and compliance measures. Is that part of the overall design? Yeah, so you can use these, you know, use these analytics, as we talked about a few minutes ago, you can embed them with your risk analytics. So you have a broader assessment of portfolio risk. You can look at them in the context of portfolio performance and the extent to which they're driving portfolio performance and uh, and how they factor in relative to a more traditional uh, performance and attribution analysis. And you can use them for compliance. You know, some of our clients already have, you know, they may have hard and fast rules about not investing in particular sectors like those that manufacture guns or produce, you know, tobacco products. Um, others, you know, are, are coming up with more sophisticated screening methods and the data increasingly will allow you to do that. So, um, you know, the, the ability to use these in a risk or performance or compliance setting is, is definitely there. And I think, you know, part of the appeal to us in the way that we've approached this is, you know, as I said, we've got a variety of data providers and and the fact that I can get, you know, the analyst driven, which is sort of based on, you know, intense review of clients uh, of each company and combine that with, you know, a technology driven approach that's scanning what's going on in the news and using it to calculate a score. That way I've got kind of a, I've got my periodic, you know, deep look that I get from the analyst-led approach, but I can also get a daily assessment of, of momentum, if you will, of what's going on day in and day out from the machine learning-driven approaches. So the, the combination of those two, you know, we think give, give our clients a better ability to look at ESG in a more comprehensive fashion if they so choose. Uh, I was really struck by the line you said there, JR, risk, performance, and compliance. And when you have a tool that combines all three of those, um, that's where I think the, the real innovation comes in because you can utilize the the data. You can slice it and dice it in multiple different ways for multiple different functions for, frankly, multiple different uh, stakeholders throughout an organization. Right. And and the, the way that we're using ESG data in general, so we have we have a risk analytics platform, a performance analytics platform, a compliance analytics platform. So you'll be able to get uh, ESG uh, lenses in all of those platforms to the extent that you want them married up with your broader risk or performance or compliance assessments. To the extent that you want something that's you know specific to ESG and allows you to go kind of deeper into the data uh, than you might be able to do if you're you know doing the combination of it with with our risk platform or performance platform or compliance platform. That's where the ESGX tool comes in. So there's really the flexibility there to uh, you know, to look at it in a, a kind of standalone fashion or to look at it in the context of uh, of what you're you're assessing more broadly from a risk or performance or compliance standpoint. 
Well, JR, unfortunately, we're near the end of our time, but I wanted to ask you if someone wanted to find out a little bit more about ESGX, uh, how could they do so? Yeah, so they can certainly visit our website, statestreet.com, and uh, we have an ESG team-specific email address, esgsolutions at statestreet.com, that they could email, and uh, we'd be happy to arrange an overview and demo. Well, JR, I thank you for your time. This has been a fascinating exploration. I found that I find this tool to be, as I said at the start, incredibly innovative, and it can be used literally for just a wide variety of means, mechanisms, uh, and give everyone more information, which is really, I think, the goal of every investor. Great. Well, I appreciate your, your kind words, Tom, and the time today. And uh, again, thank you. I look forward to continuing the conversation. Sounds good. If you want to stay up to date on the latest innovations in compliance and help your business run more efficiently, subscribe to this podcast and help spread the word by leaving a review.